Hi guys, I'm really excited to bring Heather on to today's show. We're going to be talking about some really interesting marketing stuff, including how to determine if you should be using a company or not, and if they are doing a good job. There's there's some really good stuff that Heather's going to break down for us in a little bit. I do want to mention before we get started that the industry survey is out. FloatTankSolutions.com forward slash survey is where you want to go. Please, 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 we ask everybody does this um, and, and fills this out. This is going to be a really interesting year of information. And the more people that fill this out, the more accurate it's going to be and the, the better we'll be able to see how the industry is actually doing. So please uh, fill out this survey. It's always really interesting information that comes out of it that's really just kind of invaluable and definitely great for people starting float centers as well. So please, please, please fill that out. FloatTankSolutions.com forward slash survey is where you want to go. Uh, let's see here. Also uh, from the Float Tank Solutions guys is FloatHelm. Please check out FloatHelm. If you're using any other scheduling software, uh, check it out and see what it can do for you. It does so many things for us. I've mentioned it uh, plenty of times before, but the logbook is absolutely one of the most important things that our business runs on uh, is just daily turnover is given there, highlights from the day, exciting things, things that weren't completed by one shift to give a heads up to the next shift. It's really good stuff. Um, but beyond that, you can leave all your measurements for your float tanks in there. You can have a, just a permanent log. Um, you can have a living um, manual going on in there. Everybody can update it. Uh, if you want them to, of course, shift scheduling and then most importantly, client scheduling as well, as well as payment system. It's it's all built into this one really robust piece of software. So definitely check out uh, Float Helm and uh, don't take my word for it. Schedule that free tour. One other thing before we get started is I want to mention that this was a one-on-one -on -one interview just because of scheduling. I really wanted to get her on, but we weren't able to have the whole gang on here. So please welcome Heather Lawson Bradfield of Totem Marketing Group. some big success in marketing your flow center and I've also learned that you have shut down your flow center uh, before we get to your marketing insight can you talk a little bit about um, your flow center and, and why you had to close yeah um, I know it doesn't seem like those two topics would really go together <laughs> as being a success story but in my case it, it oddly is um, so the float center that I was part owner of is called Temple Float Spa. Um, we're located right outside of Tampa, Florida in a city called Palm, Palm Harbor. Um, we were experiencing a great deal of success with our digital marketing endeavors. Um, I actually, I myself own and founded a, a marketing firm. And due to my um, dual interest in both flotation therapy and marketing, I was able to intersect the two and provide services in-house for both of my businesses. Um, and, and we were experiencing a great deal of success with digital marketing uh, and then COVID hit. So, um, you know, for, for a lot of float centers and float spa owners out there, that, that's not been a death sentence. Um, unfortunately, in our case, it was because there was a happenstance situation that occurred with my co-owner where he experienced a horrific accident and ended up with a spinal fusion um, and was in surgery out of commission for... Oh my gosh. Um, he was in a wheelchair for like eight weeks. Uh, just, you know, a whole healing and therapy recovery process combined with a global pandemic was not, uh, you know, 
in the cards. So um, it was really more of a medical situation combined with a pandemic that resulted in our closure. But, you know, again, we were, we were doing rather well until too many situations happened all at once. Wow. Um, What was going on before that? What was the success that you saw before that? So um, when I came into partnership with uh, my business partner in the float center, uh, you know, we'd been open for a couple of years and um, he brought me on as a partner because of my business background and because of my, um, it's, it goes beyond marketing. So I've, I've just got a strong corporate background, worked for a lot of household brands um, and then having the marketing experience combined with my personal passion for floating um, was just, you know, a great marriage. Um, Ronnie's a, incredibly wonderful soul and spirit and just having the opportunity to work with him was really a reward in of itself. Um, with the float center though, um, we, we, we took a systemic approach and a measured approach. Um, again, that's kind of my background because I'm corporate. Um, and so we started about three different marketing endeavors all at the same time all with measurability in them. So one arena was, pardon me, um, traditional paid digital services. And so what that means is Facebook advertising, Google AdWords, Instagram advertising. We were uh, investigating YouTube ads, um, just things like that. Uh, So it's all digital advertising services and those are paid services. So you, one, pay for the ad uh, budget so that's the advertising budget through the third-party service, whether that's Google or Instagram or Facebook, and then there's a management fee of because unless you are yourself an incredibly tech-savvy marketing <laughs> person, um, you really it, it, unless you're managing the ads and targeting and retargeting and researching and mm-hmm. and and doing that management component of it. Mm-hmm you're really kind of just flushing money down the toilet. Mm. Um, you, you really are best served to be focused in that endeavor. So that was one bucket of marketing endeavors. The next bucket was kind of organic, localized um, partnerships with uh, businesses around. Um, and, you know, this was something that we did in kind of a sweeping fashion where we'd go to a region that was within you know, two miles north of the business and we'd kind of work with business owners in the area and talk to them and give cards and have deals. And then we'd move on for the next three months and then look at, you know, a different region, maybe to the Southeast, you know, so kind of geographically targeting through organic conversations. Um, And then the third service was through like gym partnerships. So we did some uh, paid advertising with a gym that was right around the corner. Um, So yeah, three different, uh, outreach methods and it was really the digital marketing that was the home run yeah. that was the one that because again we, we had methods of measuring all of them mm-hmm. that's kind Can of marketing mistake. yeah I was just gonna say that's kind of marketing mistake number one is that um, you'll try something but then not really have a measurement of its return so for example with the gyms when we ran the ad on the gym it gave, you know, you can put up a phone number, a website, whatever it is that you want to do. So I purchased a separate phone line um, just through like an e-voice service that would forward over to our main line. But what it did is it allowed me to do an advertisement 
put a unique identifier on that advertisement and then track how many people were reaching out through that identifier. So that's called, you know, that's called lead tracking. Um, we didn't get a single lead track from the gym, by the way. Yeah. And, and can I just also <laughs> note that we, we did the same, uh, not with the phone number, but uh, we, we uh, did advertise at a gym and we saw absolutely nothing from that. So nothing. Yeah, definitely chance. not. Yeah. So I, I, from personal experience and, and it sounds like yours as well, it's not a great, mm-hmm. one would think it would be a good marriage, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if maybe you have to get the right kind of gym Maybe the delivery um, method, like maybe the right audience, just not the way, right way for them to consume it. Like for us, it was just being put on screen during their workouts. Which, right. You know, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to Same. that when I go to the gym. Um, yep. Same. And I think also too, like, I think in our, in one of ours, it was one of the big name gyms mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you might get a couple more meatheads than you would at like a local gym oh, and, and that's yeah. not... You know, it's not, I don't think it's always the right demographic just because it's fitness doesn't mean it's healing. And I think that's an important distinction to make. Nice. Cool. So, yeah. So that was, that was kind of the, you know, measurement of your marketing. Make sure you have something in place to measure. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the second one? I'm sorry. So there, there was digital, there was the gym and what was the other one? We just did like organic, um, business outreach, so to speak, um, where we just, you know, go into a local small business, uh, eatery across the street. Um, we looked at, oh my gosh, what was it? Um, oh, there was a veterans, uh, uh, support medical support services across, not a VA. It was not a VA, Mm -hmm. but it was like a veterans, um, medical services. I can't, the name is failing me right now. Apologies. (laughs) But those types of things where we identified, um, symbiotic, uh, industries. So like PTSD or brain trauma or things like that. So we look to see what businesses were in the local region mm-hmm. in a specific area. So you don't want to, again, when you do, this is kind of like a form of print marketing, but you do it in person where print marketing is a traditional, like you send out a flyer through the mail and hope you're getting it to the right person. This is more of like a B2B approach where you are going to uh, the business and saying, hey, I'm local. Uh, It strikes me that we have some symbiotic services to what you're doing. Our normal prices are X, Y, Z. You know, if you want to have some type of like referral deal, if they say they come from you, we'll give them, you know, the price for ABC. And so you kind of create like a relationship with the business owners in the area which is a lot easier to do now that floating is more understood and known than it was yeah. five years ago. I, um, I will say that definitely easier to do it now. But again, that was one of those things that um, it's more of an organic relationship based marketing approach. Um, and it's just, it, those always have a slower return. Oh, interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it, there was some momentum there just, or had it not built up at all yet? That hadn't built up enough because again, we launched that one in January and then we closed mid, mid March. So, you know, that, that type of outreach and that type of like, have you ever heard of Alignable? So Alignable is kind of this theory digitally where Alignable is kind of like a spoof on LinkedIn meets Facebook meets um, like networking. So Alignable is like an online digital 
um, I'm a business owner, you're a business owner, let's connect and try to create some type of like local referral uh, feed back and forth. So it's good in theory. um, But it just again, hasn't had like a huge return because I don't think users really see a value add on that specifically. But the reason why I referenced Alignable is because that's kind of what you're doing, but just in person. So it's, it's like a networking meets LinkedIn um, type of approach. Right. So you're, you're taking a one-on-one approach to networking, but you're also trying to like professionally build a relationship. I can refer people over to you. You can refer people over to me and you just do it in person. So it's kind of like a guerrilla style marketing almost. Cool. And that, that seems like that would be a great way. Uh, joining, um, was it your local commerce group, something like that? Yep. that would that be similar? Um, yeah, that's part of it. I think that joining networking groups at this point is certainly um, beneficial for float centers because it's not something that like, it, it's kind of a different type of service. Um, it can be difficult to get those referrals from like a networking group um, as opposed to somebody who's like literally physically across the street from you or in the same complex. Right. So that's really what you're driving after when you're doing those types of like, Hey, um, there's a dispensary on the corner. Actually. Um, we took flyers over to them and said, you know, Hey, we've got great treatment for a lot of these conditions that you guys see. So we went from the medical angle and said, this is what floating has been shown to assist in treat, et cetera. Um, you know, maybe this can be a service for your, for your client base. Mm-hmm. Um, and now going to the digital portion, you said that was the most successful. Can we yeah. start diving into so, that? Yeah. So the digital portion was the most successful and, um, I, you know, I, I, I'm not really going to get into like the, the logistics of it because that's really like in the weeds of the conversation about targeting and retargeting. And that's really where, again, if, if, you know, if you know how to do that as a business owner, then by all means, my recommendation is that you do this yourself. Um, but if you don't know how to do digital marketing, this is likely not going to have a return. So I just want to caveat that um, in saying that this this return comes with knowledge. So um, we actually had a very modest ad spend. And I'm I mean modest. It was... I think $150 a month. Okay. So it was incredibly low. Um, most ad spends, like we recommend that, you know, you try to at least do 250 and upward, sometimes higher than that, um, depending on your industry. Um, obviously, the bigger the industry, the greater the ad spend, the more you're going to get returns. So what it is essentially is um, it's twofold because you're one, attempting to close on a lead immediately through um, securing a booking, right? That's like the whole point of running the ad is by securing the booking. Um, Then the next step is to get those that aren't closing immediately into some type of like mailing list. Mm -hmm. Those are called like lukewarm leads as opposed to a warm lead. Mm -hmm. So you're creating a list of perspectives at the same time as creating a list of actual closes. And so when you're properly targeting and you're getting your ad in front of the right people who would be most likely to purchase these services, um, the more your books fill up. It's a pretty simple formula. Um, And so because we, again, are a marketing firm and we know how to target, it led to a situation where, you know, our engagement shot up uh, 500%, I think it was. 
um, our closures. So our, at the beginning of the year, I think our ROI went up like um, 16% within a month of running the ads mm -hmm. and we had done nothing different. That was the only thing that we had oh, shifted was how we managed our ads and how we targeted. And so seeing that immediate ROI along with the combined user engagement on Facebook and Instagram tells the story of knowing where your leads came from, mm -hmm. knowing where the closures happened. So it was definitely the most successful um, bit of all of our marketing endeavors. And what was it? I mean, what did you change exactly? Uh, really, it's the targeting. That's what wow. we changed. So um, I came in and took over the marketing component. We, we, we had originally worked with a different group who, again, you know, very modest uh, ad spend, very modest management fee. And then when my firm took it over, uh, we actually retargeted. So like, I'll put it to you this way. If you've hired out marketing services, digital marketing services, and you have not seen your leads go up, your marketing firm is not doing the right targeting. That's what we discovered. Okay. You can absolutely lead gen through digital marketing services for float centers. Okay. You just got to do it right. Right. And so what changes did you make? And see, that's to, the bit where we're going to get into the weeds. That's the sure. whole, that's the retargeting. So that's going in and researching who's the right demographic, um, taking the data that we had on our newsletters that, you know, the people that were signed up on newsletters, looking at their ages, their socioeconomic status, their income, their location, um, gender, all of that, and then stacking it up against who's actually purchased and then tweaking our Facebook and Instagram targeting towards those people that we had the data on. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a modification of your ads themselves. It literally, I mean, you, you said it several times. I don't mean to <laughs> make you repeat yourself too many times, but it, same ads, different people or more specific group of people. So we, so what you're talking about there is called AB testing and AB testing is when you take one group of ads and you set it out there and then you take a second group of ads and you set it out there and you measure the performance between the two ads. Mm -hmm. So essentially what we did is we took the old ads, set them through new targets and then put out a new set of ads, set them to our same targets and found that the two were performing equitably. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so it's, so it's a fundamentals of, um, you know, making sure that you've got the right language in your ad and then also making sure that you're directing it towards the right people who are most inclined and likely to click on that actual ad to purchase. Um, and I apologize. There's actually a, another change that we did make. We added in a different kind of booking for new people. So most people will offer like a first time float. Mm -hmm. We offered a beginner's float package. Mm -hmm. So we offered three floats for 99 mm -hmm. that had to be used within, I think it was 60 days, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to one float costing, you know, 65, I think it was, is the local rates. Um, it was a great, great motivator for people mm -hmm. to purchase up. And would you, um, when you had your advertisements, would that go directly to a purchase page? Would, you, would it go to um, a page on your website with more information? How would you funnel them in? So when you do digital advertising like this, you want to have a landing page. Um, it's not recommended to have any type of digital adverts. Just go straight back to your regular website. Mm -hmm. um, what you're doing is you're creating a lead funnel. And that funnel 
think of a velvet rope, right? You want to keep your hand on the rope and walk down the path because the rope's going to guide you to the end point. And if you just put them back to your website, um, there's no rope. There's no nothing. They're just there poking around. So what you're trying to do is specifically convert them. And language on a landing page is going to lend to that sales process of converting them as well as calls. It's called a CTA, which is a call to action. And that CTA is going to be peppered throughout the entire landing page. Again, nudging people towards that book it, book it, book it, book it. Um, and then that button that you're, you're having them click on does lead directly to a booking link. Nice. And, and so this, a land, can you define a landing page, please? Yes. So there's a difference between a landing, a landing page and a website. So a website is your business card. Website is, this is who we are. This is what we're about. This is how you get a hold of us. This is our mission. This is our backstory, right? It's all about the business. A landing page is about selling a service. So a landing page is quite literally what it sounds like. It's a page that you land on to be delivered a specific service for a product and close a sale. And that's nuts and bolts of it. So does somebody need to go through a different company like lead pages or something like that? Or how does somebody create a landing page? Um, if you know how to create a website or, or anything in WordPress, then, then you can certainly do it yourself. There's also services out there like, you know, lead pages. Um, oh my gosh, what's the, uh, click funnels is another one, a big one that does landing pages. I would not recommend click funnels. Okay. Uh, it's overpriced okay. for what you're getting. Cause you have to pay a monthly, um, you have to pay a monthly service fee for it. So, um, again, a good marketing firm will be able to build out a web, uh, landing page for you. Um, otherwise you can do it through like a Wix site or, um, you know, click funnels. And can I, ask, sorry to spend so much time on this one. I, I find it very interesting. Yeah. Um, why not have a, um, I don't know if you call it hidden. So like there, there wouldn't be any links from your website to the lead page, but why not just have, um, you know, it's it, for, for me, it'd still be floatshop.com forward slash, and then it would be, you know, purchase pay. I mean, it, it wouldn't be called. Absolutely. Purchase, but yeah. Why not have a hidden one there? Why go with a separate business to design that? You can have them in your website. That's absolutely like, that's, that's pretty par for the course. Most okay. larger organizations will do that. So like, um, Domino's, right. So they run an ad campaign on, I don't know, late night delivery services, whatever. Right. Their land, their, their clickback isn't going to go to order late.com. Their, their clickback is going to go to dominoes.com slash order late. Right. So the point is, is that, um, the, the, the content of a landing page is different than the content of a website. Cool. Okay. So that's okay. really what it boils down to is content where you house it doesn't really matter. Sweet. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Good uh, questions though. And I'm happy to talk about this. Like it's not, you're not, these are all great questions. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for making me feel good about my questions too. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm curious when you, um, so I don't consider myself proficient with Facebook ads, but I've spent sure. um, years po poking around in there. And as it's been evolving and everything, trying to keep up with it, um, I find it cumbersome, but totally possible to um, jump into Facebook and um, read or, or, you know, break it down and learn about who my people are, who's um, visiting well, and I should say um, Google metrics as well, but going into my Google analytics and you know, seeing what pages um, are leading to purchases, you know, just 
the flowcharts, um, who my people are on Facebook that are going to the website um, or, or to our to our um, page or, or interacting with us is sure. can layman can I sir layman um, do something worth my time or do I need to go to somebody to uh, an expert? So here's the way that I would I would stake this out. Please. I I. I'm big into self-education and self-starting, right? So my preference is clients that are educated because then it takes me less time to explain to you what I'm trying to do, why yeah. we're going to get there, how we're going to get there, right? Sure. So I 100% think that it's a great idea to go ahead and go in and learn it. And if you're if you're tech savvy in some regards and you've, and you've got that like drive to learn how to target, retarget, read the reports, find the keywords, pay for the services that gets you that next level up of information because there's a point where free information stops being helpful and you have to pay for services, mm -hmm. um, data services to be able to properly digitally market, right? So we've got subscription services for data stuff that helps us understand how to better serve our clients. But if you've got that initial like, I can understand this, I can go for it, then by all means, like go for it. Um, there's a threshold of understanding where you're being successful and where you're wasting money though. Mm. So if you're going to go at this, have a plan. Don't just go into it thinking I'm going to understand how this is. I'm techie. I get it. <laughs> um, understand that, you know, if you're getting leads, but they're costing you $2 per click, mm -hmm. it's not a great return. Mm -hmm. You know, so understand what is a good return on your, your cost per click and see how close you can get to that. And if you're not even in the ballpark, then that's a good gauge of understanding where your own success rate is and whether or not you're spending your money wisely. Yeah. So um, that would be my caveat. Absolutely encourage it. Um, have a plan. Have an understanding of what your dollar thresholds are going to be to mark your own success. And if you're not hitting it, hire it out. Um, and what kind, so $2 too much, I mean, what would be an ideal amount that you're spending? I mean, I suppose it'd be a penny, but in, in reality, and I'm sure this changes throughout the, the country and the world, but do you have a number where you're like, yes, we're having success here? For, um, for yeah. So, I mean, it, it does vary in the region. It varies on what your competition is like as well. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, in Tampa, we have like uh, one, two, three, four. So there's got like four or five float centers throughout the metro area. And Tampa's not huge, right? Like Tampa's medium-sized city. I call it like the Goldilocks city where it's just mm. right. Not too big, not too small. <laughs> um, but it's, so when you have competition, uh, that affects your clicks um, or your pay, what you're paying per click. Um, I, like for me, if somebody is not doing this professionally and is out there, just trying to get a return without having to pay a management fee. Mm -hmm. um, I would say anything under the like, like at or under 80 cents or lower would be, you know, moderately decent of a return. Um, I, and I'll tell you in our case, our CPC, which is cost per click um, was under 30 cents, Wow, okay. which is like incredibly successful. That's why I said we had, a very high level of success during the time that we were doing this. It was about a, it was about 120 days. Um, and our CPC started at, 
think it was like 52. And after we retargeted and retargeted and got our AB testing figured out, um, we got it down. It was 0.28. And I think it was 0.26 for the other one and then 0.32. So we were at or hovering wow. right around 30 cents per click. And that is a very good return. So, yeah. <laughs> so you found your demo. You really did. Wow. We found our demo. So that's why I'm saying like, have your threshold in mind, understand what's success and what's not success, mm -hmm. because that, that's, that is definitely a successful cost per click um, right. conversion rate, undoubtedly. So doing it on your own, not being a marketing firm, double it and then add 20%. Oh, is that? Oh, perfect. Thank you. That's the rule. So if you, and that, and that goes back to like the business rule, <laughs> anything you don't know how to do, double it, add a cushion of 20%. Wow. Thank you. I know you got a heart out here. I feel like we, like we need to reinvite you back <laughs> on the show immediately. Um, yeah. I have a lot more questions, but thank you so much for being such an open book and sharing these, this detailed information. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you do currently? Absolutely. So, um, unfortunately I no longer am part owner of that float spa, although yeah. I wish I was. Um, so my, my bread and butter comes from marketing. So I actually founded and own, um, a marketing firm called totem advising group. That's T O T U M advising group or tag. We're it for short. Um, so uh, for us, it's mainly digital marketing. It's, you know, digital advertisements, Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok, YouTube, pretty much any channel that is digital, we're on it. Mm -hmm. um, we build websites, we do SEO services. The gamut of digital marketing um, is, is the name of my game. Nice. <laughs> um, and then, you know, of course, working with different float centers and trying to impart some of this knowledge of having been an owner and a marketer all in one. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's anything more valuable. One of the most common things I hear um, for digital assistants, digital marketing companies is that um, they don't understand the industry. They're doing this cookie cutter strategy yeah. that, that doesn't apply and the return just isn't there. And they ask for a lot of money. It, it's not cheap. Um, no. The return isn't there. You're absolutely right. Oh, thank you so much. It has been a, a pleasure. I really appreciate this conversation and I think our audience will as well. Thank you so much, Heather. Anytime. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And until next time, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, I hope. Thanks <laughs> Bye -bye. so much. Have a great one. Thanks again to Heather for joining us. That is our interview. Thanks so much to her and all the information that she gave. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed our conversation. And uh, thanks to you for listening. Truly appreciate you joining us each and every week. Thanks to everybody supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash art of the float. And thanks to Kim for taking show notes, all my co-hosts every other time. <laughs> every other night we're here and uh, as always remember 30 cents that's the number 30 cents keep your eye on it go ahead and look at all your all your facebook ads and see what you're paying see you next week <laughs>